Hello, this is Rob Lance, former mayor of uh, Lake Forest, and you are listening to the Lake Forest Podcast. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Gangier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Navy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Otto, John C., Helen, and Herrick. Mayor yes. Lansing, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you uh, for having me, and thank you for what you do. It's important at uh-huh. all times to reach out to our community about the issues of the day and how how things uh, get done. Well, a lot of people, you know, don't don't thank us for for our content because I don't think they understand it. The, the <laughs> discussions that we have here, are just like if we're sitting in the bar and what people are talking about, sometimes all people talk about are politics, or some people talk about a, a tent that's put up next to the coffee shop. So we're just sitting at the bar here having a a, a diet coke and uh, chatting about what's going on. Joe, when's the last time we saw uh, Mayor Lansing? Didn't we see him, uh, something going on with the caucus? We, we saw him at the caucus meeting. We tried to do an interview, but the video didn't work out, unfortunately. So all your words of wisdom got, got lost uh, Still working oh in there. Gosh. But that was I when we had- I talked to you for 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, maybe we can dig out the, we, I think we have the audio though, but not the video, Pete. Was yeah. wandering around with his neon sign. Um, yeah, we're working on our production. Neon, so. uh, <laughs> <there>. <laughs> you're getting there. But you were very gracious to talk to us then, as you are today. You were just as a background for our viewers. You were mayor from when to when? Uh, what was it exactly? I think uh, May of 2017 to May of 19. Yeah, and then. Uh, George uh, Pandolian. You were the mayor before George Pandolian. George followed yeah. me right into the uh, storm of COVID, for which he someday will forgive me. <laughs> it's George's fault. And what was your background before that? What you had served on the city council and done some other stuff with the city well, uh, before yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, it's like Satchel Page said never look back, you know, or whatever. Uh, Something might be gaining on you, but I um, actually, it's almost 40 years ago now. We we moved here 42 years ago, and it was a couple of years later, I think, that I I put my hand up to volunteer uh, 
you know, be a citizen volunteer through the caucus selection process. And uh, the, their wisdom was, well, here, we'll put them on the zoning board. And so I, I started there and then off and on served on several boards and commissions of one kind or another, uh, became an alderman um, I don't know, in the late 90s. I lose track of time. Then there was a bit of a gap. I got busy in my work and family life and, uh, and then was uh, um, um, asked to put my hat in the ring and, and I became mayor. And uh, um, so all of my marks, remarks, I would, you know, when I talk about the city and I think some of the things of interest today, um, I'm, uh, I'm governed by, some might say handicapped by, but I am deeply governed by 40 years of getting to know the city and its long history of governance. And what I often, in my backhanded way, I say that the method to the madness that has created this community that so many of us uh, uh, love as our home and, and our haven um, and for its consistent streetscapes and beauty and institutions and qualities of the way we do things. Um, all but I would say unique in the United States when you package it all together. So I always like to talk about the caucus because for going on 90 years, they've been behind it. Yeah, you've been pretty vocal about uh, uh, supporting the caucus system. I know during the election, you had spoken at a couple of events for Randy Tack when he was running for mayor and obviously won the election. And you were at that caucus meeting that night to ratify the officers and were still very supportive of it. Uh, so why don't you talk about the caucus system, yeah. why you feel yeah. so strongly about it? Well, it's 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 very interesting the the Lake Forest version of a caucus system, uh, which again going on ninety years, um, has created so much of the value that we all hold for this community. And and uh, to be drilled down into that, I just don't want to breeze over that thought. Is that um, I often ask uh, newcomers uh, to Lake Forest and folks who've been around a while, what are the five or 10 reasons why you moved here or you like this community or you're, you love it? And, and you hear the usual list of things, and I touched on a few there a minute ago, but you know, it's the consistent streetscapes, the, the quality of the, of the planning, the institutions, the schools, um, and so forth. It goes on and on. And um, and my point with asking all that is that life being what it is and human beings what, being who they are and human nature being what, what it is, is that I can assure you that absolutely none of these qualities occurred by act uh, or operation of mere chance. They were planned and thought through and organized over many, many years. And I always will bring up the historical perspective because Lake Forest was chartered as a city in 1861. And then I think it was 1871 um, had one of America's first town plans, the, the east side of Lake Forest with the curvilinear streets and the, you know, the tree planting programs and all that started so many years ago. Uh, in the uh, 1920s, we had one of America's first zoning plans. Uh, this kind of new idea that that there would be some thought given uh, to the quality and, and the, and the uh, 
you know, safety and welfare of, of living uh, in residential buildings uh, should be managed in an appropriate way. And, and then it continues uh, multiplied since then uh, with Lake Forest being one of the first communities in this country to have a historic preservation ordinance and other ordinances, uh, a robust, uh, uh, you know, building codes and, uh, uh, you know, bulk ordinances about houses that, you know, old housing stock has to be torn down. You got to put new one up. Well, what are we doing here? What do we want for our community? Um, and so forth. So that historical perspective all feeds into uh, the issues uh, of the day uh, here in, in current times. But I, I must say that most everything that comes up in the community in terms of a planning and zoning and how the city is organized and managed and this just decade over decade attraction and retention of just amazing citizen volunteers who are exceptional in other aspects of their lives, but who give their time freely to help run and organize the city and, and how that is just unparalleled really uh, in the rest of the United States. And the, and the product, the work product of this has been, uh, uh, is very evident. And, and in the middle of all of that is the caucus system, which encourages citizen volunteers to come forward be interviewed, go through a process to find their, determine their backgrounds and suit and, and capabilities and, and characteristics uh, appropriate for various boards and commissions and city offices, school boards, and so forth. What's going on November 7th, guys? <laughs> well, it's, I did a little more homework, you know, history. <laughs> Because none of this all happens by chance. It's really interesting. As happens in state legislatures and in the Congress, every once in a while in courts, as they go back, what were the original intent of the, you know, how we got here and so forth? So what was the original intent of the bylaws and whatnot? Well, I haven't read every one of them going back the many years, but it was, um, it's now about 70 years since they had a, a thorough, the caucus has had a thoroughly written set of bylaws. And then I noticed in all that, that there have been 18 uh, uh, modifications or amendments to it over those 70 years. And so here we are on uh, November 7th with um, uh, an amendment to ensure the integrity of the work uh, of uh, the Lake Forest Caucus. And uh, I think specifically what some people have brought up more than anything else is this, there had been put in some years ago, and I don't know when it was, I must say this provision has always sort of bothered me, having gone to caucus meetings over the years, as I think you have from one time or another, and frankly, on that cold, chilly November or April day evening, and maybe raining outside, that yeah. maybe 20 people showed up. And this was the annual meeting of the caucus or the, or the presentation of the candidates. And I thought it rather vulnerable that there was a, an affirmatory vote of whoever chose to show up at that one meeting uh, to affirm a slate of candidates uh, for city offices and so forth. When 
in the background, this is the reality of the caucus. The caucus is uh, 36 people, nine from each ward, plus seven officers who had prior service on the caucus. They're elected from the, from the four wards. Um, they meet as a committee of the whole represents a broad cross-section of our, our town. It it's typically revolves plus or minus 50% men and women and other ways you can slice and dice it. Um, and they literally, in a typical cycle where they're picking candidates for city offices or interviewing and recommending candidates for city offices, um, uh, there is in total, because they meet two or three times uh, or four times a month, depending on the month of the year, is that you're talking about a few hundred hours of work done by uh, uh, citizen volunteers who come forward without agenda or personal, you know, issues of what about the city, but to come to convene in this kind of community spirit to find amongst the people who are volunteering or to go seek out people and ask them to get involved, even more importantly sometimes, um, so that you get the best and the brightest available uh, to nominate, as I say, for boards and commissions or for, uh, uh, and so forth. So this takes place over several months. And the idea that all of this work done by this committee of the whole, this large group that represents a broad cross-section of the city, that depending on who exactly showed up, usually attendance of about 20 people or so, uh, it could be voted up or down. And as a matter of procedure and process, uh, it, it just is not right. Uh, I've always worried about it, but, but what I'm most worried about is that it puts at risk all the hard work of those volunteers who did their very damnedest to be sure they could do the best with what they had to present candidates uh, representing what's what's in the best long-term interests of the city. So as has been done before, it's an amendment that uh, that this all this hard work, these X hundreds of hours that's gone into this, um, that, that in the case of city offices, the people then go through a regular election, city, you know, county supervised city election uh, to, uh, to affirm these uh, people. Um, and in the case of boards and commissions, one should never forget that the mayor um, uh, has uh, ultimately has the right of approval of any appointment to uh, the various boards and commissions. So it, it's not like, I mean, if someone said, uh, well, gee, what do you mean? It's this 36 people or, you know, and, and the officers, and what if they became an evil cabal? Who would ever check this? Well, the citizens get a chance to look at the city officers through the vote, the citywide vote, and, and the mayor, and, 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 and often, of course, working closely with uh, city council, which is the practice through the years, um, we, uh, uh, we um, confirm or approve or, or deny appointments to boards and commissions. I, I must say, I can't even recall them, but I think it's happened one or two times in my, rec uh, my time 
with the city that the mayor did not approve someone who came forward uh, through the caucus process. So the upcoming vote, the, just, just for the background of our viewers who may not uh, have uh, been following it, just the upcoming vote on November 7th is the Caucus Preservation Act. And so it is an open meeting of the caucus. Any resident of any registered voter Vote, in Lake yeah. Forest can show up to Gorton Center. I forget the hours. I think it's uh, uh, between four and eight thirty. So that, that's, that's a four and a half right. hour I'm not window. Exactly sure. Yeah. yeah, I've got it yeah. in front of me here. So it's um, November seventh between four p.m. and eight thirty p.m. in Gorton Center. Um, so if you're a registered voter in Lake Forest, you can show up in there and it's kind of like a, you know, almost an election day where you go to your polling place, except, uh, but you get that four and a half hour window. But what's at stake is, um, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past couple of weeks on the show, is really to prevent uh, the chaos and, and some of the challenges that were presented last year by, I mean, let's, it's a fact we've talked about, about Drew Beidler. Um, uh, who was had interviewed with the caucus, I believe, three times for mayor and was rejected three times. And when you go before the caucus, you you sign a, a commitment that you're you're going to honor who they um, select. She uh, she chose not to do that. And then, you know, at the last minute, I believe, sent out a, a big email to her a list, of, a huge list of people um, under the guise of the caucus is not slating any women. Uh, for office and, you know, got people there and, and got enough people to p play. I call it pack the place, you know, where you just, yeah. let's see who can, yeah. who can get more people into the building for, for this and, and got them to vote. No, but th the problem was there's no, there's nothing in the process then when they vote, no, what to do. I mean, do you go back to the yeah. 30, yeah. was it 35 yeah. or whatever members of the caucus and make them re-vote? I mean, there was, it was total chaos. And I think, so the caucus proceeded with, with having Randy Tack as the as the nominee, and then the voters spoke pretty loud and clear when it, on election day in April that you know yeah. over, um, I think you know uh, Ms. Bidler got less than forty percent of the vote if I'm not mistaken, and so it was a pretty strong mandate. Yeah, it was about two to one. In, in, in spite of uh, you know uh, two hundred thousand dollars of campaign money and getting a former state senator to run her campaign and, and all this stuff. But why was um, the door, why was the door open to allow this to happen? I think it was 2016. They made the change to the bylaws. This podcast mayor has been going on for several years. I started out on the caucus and uh, I tried to shed light on some things. For instance, like the bylaws were down for a period of months um, and de dealing with this issue, and it, it has come to roost with this wasted energy with the Prue Bidler situation. Do you have yeah. a thought on why they opened well, up history, this door? History is important. It, it, my understanding is, is that this provision, this what I call a confirmatory vote of the people that show up on a chilly November night or whatever it is, um, was, uh, was done in fairly recent years. Um, I, I just, you know, in the, you know, the minutia of reading bylaws, I had, I had noticed it some time ago, but I, I somewhere when asking questions about it, it, it was a, an attempt, I, I think, misguided and poorly thought through that, gee, can't we do something since we've spent all this time with these candidates to get more people to come to the annual meeting and the spring meeting? And and 
I actually think Mr. Capru did. I remember there's a famous Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court justice commenting on a very difficult case that, uh, you know, had a lot to do with the very foundations of the Constitution. He said, you know, the Constitution is now a suicide pact, you know, just just because we don't have a provision in our bylaws about what happens if, you know, as it was, a group of people came along. And I, I want to talk about that in, in a minute. But it came along and, and you know, blew through a meeting and, and uh, you know, wipes all that work out for what, you know. And, and so I, I think it's, it's appropriate not to have it. I, it denies the, the thought and care and and I mean thought and care that citizen volunteers have put forth to encourage people to come forward uh, with this, this slate. And, and I, I, I don't view it as some, some gross and large, great alteration of the bylaws. My gosh, you know, every democracy in human history is, is different you know, about everything about it, where, where and how candidates come forward and Gosh, we have parliaments and we have, you know, congresses and we've got all kinds of different things. There is no one right way to run a democracy or to run an election, for that matter, or to put bylaws for your caucus system together. There's a lot of human judgment that goes into it, to wit, 18 um, amendments to it in the last 70 years. And I think this is the 19th. But let me turn to, you know, what happened. When was that? A year ago? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, as happens, you know, it's, it's Abe Lincoln, our own Illinois Abe Lincoln said, you know, I, I can never remember it correctly. You can, you can uh, please all the people some of the time and you can please, you know, you can, uh, however it goes, but you can't please all the people all the time. So, yes, we when you sit on boards and commissions, you sit on city council and when you're mayor you almost rarely have complete unanimity about exactly how an issue or a, or a policy should be, or uh, like a zoning or planning thing should be approved, but you work through it you, using the advice and counsel of, of experts and city staff and so forth. You talk about it, you let time do its thing. You know, sometimes the better answer comes out. If you take some time, do it. And there was there are people and some groups of people who um, individuals really in small groups of people who are um, who would like things to be different about something you know it's our schools or uh, some zoning matters or historic preservation and there's some people concerned about some of the thoughts have been expressed about the evolution of the uh, central business district over the next two or three decades, you know, well, nothing static. You've got to talk about these things, but none of those decisions, none of these things. And, you know, there was quite a, a block the box, you know, with the Altoonian condominium. Sure. There's a many different perspectives and points of view about that, but absolutely none of those issues, any one of those things I've mentioned, is somehow fundamentally undermined the organization and structure of the caucus or how city government makes decisions or whatnot. No, it's all being done the same way. There is no dark smoke-filled room. It's citizen volunteers who come uh, to meetings once, uh, even twice a week at the caucus and, and do the hard work of finding uh, the right candidate. So 
it's um, uh, so I can understand who somebody is upset about some issues, um, you know, would, would saw a chance by by intervening in this vote to maybe we could do this. And along the way, Prue, who my wife and I have known for 42 years, is one of the most likable, enjoyable people you could ever imagine. Um, also has strong feelings of, yes, uh, women in politics and one thing or another. Um, and uh, she, she, uh, I, I don't know how to say it. I, I, I think she was uh, approached and I, I think she allowed uh, this to happen where she got, she became uh, a candidate and yes, then they went forward and spent a lot of money, but, I'll just conclude. They made this. us I'll spend look. money too. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I, I, I have to say, for all the time and, and effort we've all spent and thought through and evaluated that, and finally the judgment of the city by two to one or whatever in the vote, um, there is not one aspect of Cruz being interviewed three times and three times others were selected. There's not one thing in there at all that was in any way personal or denigrating or inappropriate about those votes. And it, it was done as with as the same integrity and the same level of effort has been done for many decades by the caucus. And those who would say that Prue's decision to run uh, was because of caucus failures, you know, they had the wrong, you know, people don't all agree about everything all the time. If somebody wants to run, you can run. I, I don't, I have no problem with that, but don't, don't do it and sort of muddy the caucus for having made a, a bad mistake. There, 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 there were reasons and they were sound and the integrity of the process was solid all the way. So that, that's, well, that's really the whole story from here. Mayor, some tweaks do need to be, I mean, we're talking 90 years. You got to do some tweaks. For instance, uh, you have term limits there. That could be good. That can be bad because you have, uh, let's just say a third and a third and a third. You have a third of the people leaving each year that kind of know what's going on. A third that's brand new that's coming in and a third that sort of knows what's going on. It's almost <laughs> Yeah. Well said. Well said. So, so, look, I, I've nitpicked. Look, we live in Lake Forest. It's a great place. Okay, so we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Okay, so if, if you don't like our our observations, uh, anybody listening, start your own podcast, and, and you can do it as well. <laughs> but you know, I I was in the caucus for a couple of years. You know, I had some ideas, some issues, and. Mayor, I'm an acquired taste in my communication skills. Okay, let's just put 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 it like That's that. That's what my wife says about me. <laughs> but you have, for instance, in each ward, you have nine people that represent the ward, right? No matter what the population is, it's nine. Do you got any thoughts on should there be a different way of looking at that? The reason why I bring it up is from what I witnessed myself, Again, you have a third and a third and a third, right, rotating in. And the 46 that are in the room, you're probably lucky if you have 50% that are kind of passionate that show up all the time. They're, 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 
you know, it's it's no secret. The reason why I bring it up is if you have a 50% rate of people participating, would it make more sense to have four or five for each ward or adjusting for the population? Just curious your thoughts on that. Well, I think you're, you're drilling down to a kind of a very specific thing. It's it's a process that involves human beings. So it's subject to all kinds of frailties of one kind or another. But no, I, I, I think the nine is appropriate. Um, I, I might say just, you know, just a little perspective that that those some have said that the, the caucus system is undemocratic, small b undemocratic, and it's not the way a democracy, you know, again, there's no two democracies the same in the entire history of the world, is, you know, it's not the way to, to, to do it. Well, um, uh, the what you just described to me shows something that's akin to just, you know, bare democracy, naked democracy, where you're taking, you're asking people to come forward to be on the caucus in large part based on their, their backgrounds and, um, you know, what they've done in life and their experiences and their judgment and their soundness and so forth, but who may or may not know the city that well. There's an awful lot of sort of recently arrived people uh, often. So, like and and then you're only there for three years. So the first year you're figuring out the lay of the land. The second year you're getting into it. And the third year you're pretty good at it. But then you're, then you're out. Is, is, to me, I've always thought how amazing it is that the caucus has been so productive in in bringing forward good candidates, inculcating the qualities of the city for now nine decades. When, when you look at that process, that rotation of people coming on and going off, that is right on the, on the edge of democracy. If ever there was sort of naked democracy, to me, that is it. And yeah, I mean, we see other communities that don't have the term limits and you see what happened. I mean, look at look at Niles, where they had a mayor for 50 years and he wound up. The only reason he he was no longer the mayor was he got arrested one day by the FBI. Um, You know, you know, Joe, let me now you get me going. You know, I've been (laughs) doing this too long and I majored in government and economics in college. My father was a political reporter for many years, but I I just. it, it, it so uh, when I was on council, I became much more aware of state and county issues because you know Lake Forest, as much as we all think it is and maybe want it to be an island, but you know there's a bigger world out there, and the spears that get aimed at Lake Forest in terms of taxes and regulations that come from Springfield and from the county are really something to behold. And so at, on council, and then particularly as mayor. Uh, I remember old Howard Kerr, our mayor, when I first became uh, an alderman, uh, always said, you know, we need to have foreign relations here in Lake Forest because we, we really had operated pretty much on our own. But we, all this policy stuff was starting to kill us and raise our costs and all that from Springfield and, and from the county. And so. Uh, I spent a lot of time with the Northwest Municipal Alliance and some of these other groups of municipalities that were trying to consider what's the best way to do, handle some of these issues and whatnot. And I'll tell you what you learn 
is that the vast majority, I, I'm talking like 80, 90 percent of the municipalities in this state are, uh, or, or well, 99 percent of them are two party systems reflecting, you know, the two major parties. And that through time, as you were suggesting there with Niles, is that one of the parties gets the upper hand. And they're, and I countlessly going to meetings, met mayors who'd been mayors for 18, 25, 30 years, who were on the state benefits plan and on the state retirement system. And it was, it was, you know, had th this kind of sinecure of office that they were just never going to give up. And, you know, you just had to pray that they were sort of doing the right things. Well, most municipalities in the state aren't in great shape with respect to how they planned and organized their pension benefits and don't have the multitude of qualities that we have in Lake Forest. I need not elaborate on that because all you got to do is drive around and see the difference. And so uh, um, the caucus system is appropriate for a smaller town. I am from New England. I'm a Connecticut Yankee. And they still have town meeting, which dates back to the 1700s, where the budget of the town, and, you know, a town, what's a town? You know, it's 6,000, 11,000 people in some part of New England. Anybody can show up and vote the budget of the town. But there are, uh, and, and, and people can run either through a two-party system or they have caucus uh, forms of organization but it's 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 a big open meeting where everybody can vote and i talk about democracy and things that get uh, upended um it's it's uh, really quite interesting but um so it's it's a very sort of open and, and and transparent way to do it but it's the whole community and that's what the caucus is it's the whole community and what is not appropriate in smaller towns, the way I'm trying to describe this uh, with too many words, is that at some point, having a two-party system, which seems to serve the United States fairly well, <laughs> historically, and, and at the state, uh, at both the state and federal level, is, is, is that just the workings of two parties separately funded they're trying to, you know, get to office and, you know, you can go on, the, you can get paid as a public official. You know, there's all these things, all these other reasons that get in there, um, though, ends up with campaigns basically trying to cleave neighbor one upon the other, you know, and, and sort of inventing issues in neighborhoods because you, you'd have, you know, ward elections and you do all that and, I don't know. I think a lot of people have come together in community, in constructive community engagement over nine decades and done a heck of a fine job by, of looking for candidates who were without agenda or you know, personal biases about one thing or another um, uh, to, uh, to do the best for the long-term interests of Lake Forest. And, and you know, as much as I, I said, you know, a, a few minutes ago that the, the, the caucus being its own edge or frailty or, you know, pure kind of democracy, really. Um, 
is that the selection of those caucus members is a lot of it has to do with the background. So you have plenty of people who who have uh, been directors of uh, um, uh, HR, human resources at companies or not for profits, uh, people who have led organizations. Uh, we had uh, the head of the, the, one of the nation's finest uh, uh, building engineering, construction engineering firms uh, based in Chicago that was serving on boards and commissions. We, we have a couple of retired uh, managing partners of law firms, really people with a lot of life skills and, and perspectives about how to do things. And these people are brought together in the caucus, serving without agenda to find people of appropriate character uh, and background to participate um, uh, uh, or, or to serve on boards and commissions or, or city offices. So when you say 50% of the caucus shows up, I don't think that happens that much, at least these days I haven't noticed it. Uh, but I think there's a lot of Ask around. community effort to- Here, uh, I, I'm, I'm throwing shade on the caucus. Look, well, the alternative is whoever has the most money wins. So if we didn't have the caucus, Prue Bidler would be, well, no, Randy, I don't know about you wouldn't that. waste a dollar on this thing. So we have the caucus. <laughs> no, I, I don't buy that. I don't think money, I don't think money had, well, we were outspent, so it didn't work. No. Let me tell you something else about residential communities and Haven. This is our Haven. This is our place. You know, we, I like to think that in all kinds of short-term, near-term um ideas that people have rather than the long-term interests of the community. We've kept a lot of that stuff at the city limits through the years. And I think it's, people appreciate that. And one of the things that happens, and it's sometimes in the American history been called the silent majority. It's been, you know, you see it in, in clubs, for example, you know, not a, you know, 25 people show up at the annual meeting at the club, unless they're serving cocktails, and then you always get more. Free cocktails. Um, Maybe we need to serve cocktails at every meeting. <laughs> yes, exactly. Free cocktails. There we but, go. <laughs> but, but the the you you poke that bear. You, you you know you you poke that silent majority that pays their taxes, votes, uh, occasionally goes to a meeting. Jeez, uh, when I was mayor, there were all kinds of people that made a point of coming forward to meet me. They wanted to talk to me about something. There's a lot of people that are generally aware, but what they're not going to do because of their private lives, their other calls on their time, is they're not very evident and vocal. But you poke that bear, that silent majority, and that's what happened. And uh, um, in one sense, I wasn't surprised, but I was. I thought it, I, I was, uh, was, I thought of a, a wonderful affirmation of people understanding and agreeing how good they've got it here in Lake Forest. And okay, yes, I understand some individuals don't like this decision of the planning commission and over here and over there. And they didn't like that decision of city council. I get all that, but, uh, in the main, the main here is so much better 
than almost anything else you'll find in the rest of the country. And that's my job, by the way. I've been in 40 years now in real estate investment. My job, I often say, is really to go around and evaluate the suitability of communities for investment, one kind of real estate or another. And it involves virtually every state in the country. And I've been doing this for 40 years. Guys, you can't count. I don't think there are five other communities that can stand alongside us. In the, for the whole package, the whole package, everything. And none of it is perfect. None of it's perfect. <laughs> Mayor, but, you're a real estate guy. If you had a negotiation and everybody's happy, something's not right. Unless you're dealing with school board contracts. Uh, <laughs> I think you want... I, I, the I don't want to speak for the mayor, but I think he wants to stay out of the school issues, unless he wants to dive into the school no, issues. I, I've never been on the school board, and that's its own world of, uh, I like to see more and more parental engagement. That's great. But uh, Well, you're a, you're a Connecticut guy, and the, the term pub came from public house. And like you said, everybody got together over a pint, and you would discuss issues, and that's kind of where... The, the theme of this podcast is, is from this is what people are talking about. This is what's going on. Another thing that's talking about November 7th is, you know, they call it a vote. And when people see vote, they're they're looking for choices. And when you have a caucus system, the, the choices have already been made out for you. You just have to check the box. Do you want to address that at all, Mayor? Well, it's it's. I think for a very long period of time, no doubt, that to amend the bylaws of the caucus requires a two-thirds vote uh, of those who show up at a meeting. So here we go. Somebody wants to hijack this or a group of people want to hijack it. Uh, they'll want to. But I'm, this, uh, I would take a moment here to appeal to those who listen to for themselves and to contact many, many others is uh, it's a time to turn to um, and cast a vote for this, in my view, is a modest amendment to, to the hard work of the, of the caucus. Um, so you're right. I mean, vote and a choice, but it's, it's really a provision that I think is, is very fair in the way that we like to conduct things in this country, which is that two, it requires two thirds to change the, the, the rules. You're also affirming the executive officers for next year, which means that whoever the vice president is turns into the president and then they pick their own committee and they put it on a card and they say you're voting for the executive committee. You're not voting, you're affirming. So I think it should be affirm, not vote. Well, it's. Yeah, well, there's some wordsmithing there. That, that's like that? an interesting question, you know, that you asked, because um you know, in part, maybe it goes back to, yeah, I'm sure on some nights, 50% of the people show up, you know, out of the, my gosh, I don't even know how many meetings. There's probably 30 to 50 meetings that you have to to do all this. And, the, and, and for a committee of the whole, it does, can't all get together all the time. So the question is, who should be the leader for the next year, the president for the next year? Should that be you know, an all-hands vote of unengaged citizens, or should it uh, be the body that... Unengaged yeah, I, caucus I, members. I, I, I guess you would say this, you know, somewhat self-selecting uh, in the sense that those in the caucus 
who recognize those who have been engaged, put the time in, are studious about what they do, and they're planners and organized, and they have leadership skills. Well, they should be our leaders for next year. That That's what that's all about. So to have some separate overlay of some kind of election from some other group. So I often say, guys, you know, this whole matter of the few people that show up at the annual meeting and, you know, our registered voter turnout isn't even that great like for us, although it's terrible across America, is, is that particularly here in Lake Forest, because I will state, and I'll defend it if anybody wants to sit for an hour, is that we are a well-run community. The record is plain. Uh, it's been going on for a long period of time. And you get one direct result that's been evident for many, many, many years, which is a lot of people say, this is pretty good. I don't need to go up to City Hall and get involved. You, you, you talked to... about silent majority, and there, there, is yeah. a, there, is a, there is an element of when people um, cast their vote, um, there, many people are casting a vote by not voting because they're saying, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I don't feel the need to go to vote because I'm happy with what's going on. And, you know, you look at places, Chicago just threw their mayor out. Lori Lightfoot lost. Um, other play, we, you know, the, the last presidential election, the, the president lost. Um, yeah. People, people marched to the polls um, yeah. when they're not happy and usually turnout is lower when people are happy. So there is, well, look, I voted in every election since I turned 18, but that's because I, that's how I was raised and taught that. But most me, people me don't too. think that way. But they don't, you know, but people vote by not voting sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But it's, there's also, you got human nature in there. And, and people run to the fire or run to the problem or the noise. And, you know, people like their quiet enjoyment. You know, there's a real estate expression, you know, the quiet enjoyment of their life in Lake Forest. And as a result, there are not that many people who are engaged with what you would call, um, you know, the governance of Lake Forest. There, there's a lot of participation in total in all the institutions and organizations we have, you know, certainly if you include the schools and all their committees and everything. So we're a very engaged town, but it's not like you get, um, you know, 70% voter turnout, you know, we struggle to get 20 to 30 or 40%. Uh, depending on the year and whatnot, but that's pretty typical of America. The, the caucus uh, sponsoring the, the officers, selecting the officers, is it, it, it in this kind of lower engagement kind of community where because of good governance, I contend, a lot of people aren't engaged in, in studying the budgets and doing all the details that really a lot of smart people spend a lot of time on. Um, is, is that the caucus knows who the right people are to lead it for the next year. So it's it's from one to the, to, to the other. And if people have want to get engaged, have, have an issue about something, want to talk about it, there's so many avenues to do that. Come before council, call your council member, call the mayor, volunteer for the caucus, volunteer to serve on a board or commission, which you have some questions about. There's, there's no prohibition. I think a lot of the people that came forward last year who were frustrated about one thing or another, well, I don't know, a lot of these people I've never seen on a board or commission or whatever. So 
Middle Mayor, would you, well, you, you talked about you raised your hand when you first moved here. You said a, couple, a year or two after you moved here, you said, hey, I'd like to get involved. Right. I mean, it's yeah. pretty much they're, they're they're begging at times. I've I've been to a couple of caucus meetings now and they're begging for volunteers. So if, it, if, it, if it you is. come in and, and you can set aside the time and don't have a, a destructive agenda, I, I think you're in somewhere in the, in the the caucus. Right. It's pretty much an open. Absolutely. Door. If you're yeah, if you're. You know, if you don't have sharp edges and grinding, and you know, we keep saying you, agenda. You, there's place for it. We keep saying agenda. Maybe we should say bias because this is an HR position, and you're doing a lot of interviewing. And Mayor, would you agree or disagree that if you're going to get into this caucus position, there there must be some type of regiments where you have to, if you've never interviewed before, and you're going to be part of that process, you should be taught some skills on how to interview. Do you agree or disagree on that? Well, I think in, in my experience with the caucus, they've always asked me a lot of good questions, but I think there's enough people in that room who through the internal meetings and discussions and whatnot uh, of the caucus who uh, help others learn more about it. But, you know, we want everybody, all types of people to be on the, on the caucus. It's just amazing who we are also able to, quality of people were able to get, but there's also people who uh, work at home or, you know, have, uh, you know, self-employed. I mean, there's all kinds of people. Well, there's definitely that, passionate people, but you also have the people that are trying to fill up their resume with the position, you know, and you just kind of, kind of have to, you know what I'm talking about. You don't have to say yes or no, but it is going on out there. And that's kind of where I'm getting back to. Do you need nine for each word? Like, why is it nine? I, I never met anybody, to be honest with you, who I thought was padding. It's hard work. You've got to show up all these times. And, and you know, you might know some of these people. So you're interviewing five people for the playing commission. Well, geez, you know, we, all, we, we lose plenty of people because, you know, there's a whole slice of humanity that doesn't ever want to be publicly visible as being for or against an individual for a certain activity so i um that is uh, rough yeah so it, 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 it's hard and it's like <laughs> i would say like as is often said about democracy in general <laughs> i suppose you could say it about the caucus system there's the worst form of organization to source candidates for governance except for all the others you know it's just you know, it, nobody wants nobody wants to see the sausage being made look it's the best yeah. that we got and all I'm saying, Mayor, is a couple tweaks here and there from what I've personally seen and, you know, autopsy without blame. And so we don't have to have this wasted <laughs> energy, right? Yeah. Well, I, I hear you. But there's a lot of education. You know, I've all said when you're an alderman uh, or serving on, on some of these boards we have, uh, and certainly as mayor, I'm not exaggerating. I mean it. Of 90% of the job is educating folks about the method to the madness, about how we got here. And to use another old expression, so, so many, I mean, an extraordinarily high percentage of the issues that come forward from time to time that, that have notice or some heat involved with them is really um, old wine in new bottles. It, it's been there, done that. There's a way the city handles um, a planning issue or a, 
you know, how we go about the planning and organizing of the sewer maintenance and uh, sewer replacements. You know, is, everything's got a process and it's been thought about. And a lot of sound people for over many years have thought about it and we're very conscious of precedent in the city. And that's one of the reasons at both the staff level and at the boards and commissions level, because that's that kind of predictability, you know, that, that kind of you can count on Lake Forest doing the right thing for the long-term interests of Lake Foresters is the, the foundation. It's the underpinning of, the, of your home value and, and of the qualities of the overall community. So um, can I poke you one more time, Mayor? Well, I don't you know. Any I, do, I haven't had lunch yet, so be careful. <laughs> yeah, um, I like to quote our one of our old hosts of the show, Art Miller. Uh, Lake Forest is filled with a bunch of people that know that they're right. Um, the HPC, the uh, 17 standards, do you think we need 17 standards, or do you think we need to whittle that down a little bit? You can say no comment. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm generally going to say no comment because I haven't had lunch yet, but the... Uh, um, a lot of people spent a lot of years sorting through the standards. And I'll tell you one thing, if you, if you go, you, you identified every community that has something they call the historic preservation thing, you'd hardly recognize it from one to the other uh, because the differences lie on a, you know, it's human, human nature. I mean, there's so many different views and opinions that come into all that and, uh, and it's one of the, on the margins of it, on of any policy, a regulatory policy of one kind or another, a room full of reasonable people can reasonably disagree at all times. But it's out of that firmament or infirmament that gets people thinking about it. And with time and with getting the facts right and thinking about the long term, is this going to be a good idea 20 40, 50 years from now, um, how that all needs to play itself out and these decisions are made. It's 17 now. I, I, I'm no expert about how it got to the, 17. But it I, makes you I feel do better. Wanna, Even I, Mayor George said he would cut it down. Okay. Well, <laughs> George, that's George's opinion. <laughs> I, I have no. He problem. had one. I haven't studied it, frankly, uh, in a long okay. time. Okay. So, yeah. So no comment. Okay, I got it. Joe, you got anything else for uh, Mayor Lansing? No, I just gonna say we we really appreciate your time today. I what's your the I think the couple issues that the the city is going to be facing in the next few years. I think the biggest one, um, maybe it doesn't come out in community surveys as being a big issue, but it's something that's going to probably take a lot of the mayor and council's time over the next few years is the redevelopment or potential redevelopment of the central business district. What's your thoughts? You're a real estate guy. Um, what's your thoughts on where, like, what Lake Forest should do? Well, uh, geez, that's a short topic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have several perspectives. Uh, I, I live right next to the village too, so I'm a. It's it's. I've got a lot of thought into this, and and my office is downtown. Um, and, um, so when I first, I, I suppose right in the first, you know, at the top of a discussion about the uh, central business district and 
I was on a couple of central business district commissions going back through the years, and we had all kinds of zoning things, and so on. So I'm quite familiar with it. But um, I think first and foremost, uh, this is a residential community, and the people who come to the polls to vote the city officers primarily want a village shopping experience, and then you know call it a community center, one form or another. And I remember we had, uh, at one point, there was a great human cry, the Chamber of Commerce was very involved and, and so forth, that we needed more parking. The answer to like for us is if we had more parking, we could, our stores could do better and we'd have more stores and all that. Well, there's some bigger structural issues. We're pasted up against the lake. We're not at a crossroads. And Lake Forest is not immune to every national retail trend you can think of. That's why we don't have a hardware store. Or, you know, we, you know, there's a lot of reasons. So, but when it came to that parking question, you know, I, I always felt, uh, you know, if you're going to build a two-story garage, well, why not three or four? Well, let's, let's think this all through, you know, what are we doing here? First of all, we, because we're up against the lake and we, we're not really at a well-accessed crossroads and that sort of thing, is that we have plenty of traffic uh, data about Green Bay Road and Deer Path, Wesley and all that, that shows that at prime hours, you know, 8.30 with the schools and everything, that, that, that those are not great, um, you know, you know uh, traffic uh, signal. Uh, ratings that we have in the sense that uh, the traffic backups, in other words, you have to wait two or three or four light cycles to get through it sometimes. So having more parking and attracting more people is, is really not the answer because the people who vote the council and who pay the taxes here in the main are the resident are the residents who want a village shopping experience and not uh, frankly a version of a fairly blown up uh, Highland Park, just to name one community. Now, so when that was coming up, I, I personally went around and surveyed, well, who owns these buildings? And this goes back now 20 years, so some of this has changed, but who, who owns these buildings where these retail establishments are, and who owns these stores, and where do they live? And it was a clear majority of both the buildings and the, and the retail establishments were owned by people from outside of Lake Forest. So my whole quite response to the, 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 you know, what should the future of Lake, downtown Lake Forest be or whatever? Well, it's what the residents want. And, you know, and who are we doing this for? It's only them and not these sort of outside interests. And I must say, I see that. You and I have all been to town, wonderful, places around this country where they're just being overrun, where the cruise ships are coming in or whatever. And I think the city fathers need to somehow, uh, you know, call a timeout and say, well, just who are we doing this for? Because the residents are getting overrun by these crowds and yet all that retail, and it's all owned by- Electric scooters. Know, yeah, it's just everything. So anyway, so, uh, Second thought. That, so that's my thought. It's about a village shopping experience and kind of a community gathering place. That's the scale and intensity that I think is appropriate going forward. Now, 
We've also, you know, Lake Forest did an excellent job, like most suburban communities in America, um, after World War II, to keep that, and I tongue in cheek, I say, to keep out that damnable multifamily housing. And boy, were we good at it. You know, we kept it all out. But the, the, the big demographic worm turned over, which was that, of course, uh, for some years now and, and going for another 30 years or so, we've got this aging population cohort that wants age appropriate housing um, and scaling down and so forth. And there's just a real shortage of it. So I'm in favor of some measured steps towards providing more residential but doing it within the context of Lake Forest, the three-story, uh, part of a block here and part of a block there, whatever. By the way, that helps the restaurants. And boy, did COVID, like there's no town that's gotten as many great restaurants as they have recently for a whole bunch of reasons. And COVID probably had a lot to do with it. But, um, and then I just picking apart the way the question was stated to me, I can assure you that there is absolutely nothing that's going to happen quickly of any great scale of any revolutionary nature over many, many, many years downtown. We're talking glacial evolution. Um, it's just not going to happen very fast. But should it change a little bit? Yeah. We've First of all, you've got buildings that are worn out. I, the building our office is in was built in 1906. Every time the train, the express train goes through here, there's quite a vibration in this building. So some buildings run out of their useful lives. And, um, and then also then? lifestyles. People want different services and things and so forth. But that doesn't mean, no, we're not going to become five stories and we're not going to have four-story parking decks and all that. So I, and then Again, on the margins, you get an historic preservation. There are those who have a very sort of comprehensive and total view, and that's their passion about it. And nothing, you know, all, seemingly almost nothing should be changed. Well, I don't know. You know, it's it's the community, the voters, uh, and uh, the residents of this town who vote, uh, the the council, the city's officers. Uh, who influence all of that through caucus participation and so forth. It's up for them to decide, and, and it will happen very slowly. Mayor Lansing, thank you so much for coming on the Lake Forest Podcast. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Well, thank you, gentlemen. You, you do a great service for the community. Thanks much. Depends who you ask. <laughs> we'll see you at the uh, caucus meeting on November uh... November, November 7th. 7th at Gordon Center between 4 and 8.30. I'll see you Mayor at the will be signing autographs in the lobby. For, uh... and, and about 150 <laughs> of my closest friends will be there. He'll bring the cocktails. Politics only matters when it affects you. Take care, gentlemen. Yeah, all Thank the best. You, all right, bye-bye. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at Doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. 
Forest Bluff real estate team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Gangier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Otto, John C., Helen, and Herrick. 